Hey listeners, and welcome to another episode of Love is Everywhere, the podcast, the show where I give comedians assignments of things that are supposed to make you happier, and then we talk about it and we find out how it went. Uh, oh boy, what a time we are all living through right now. Um, I sincerely hope that you guys are all safe, uh, that you are social distancing and washing your hands and doing everything that the government tells you to do, um, and that you are prioritizing your mental health above everything else. That's really the most important thing that I hope for you is that you're taking care of your brain right now because it really needs your help. Uh, today's guest is Chris Sandiford. I am so delighted to have him on the podcast. Um, of course, because of social distancing stuff, we're doing episodes remotely right now. Uh, so I apologize if the audio quality isn't up to its usual standard, but it just adds to the time capsule quality of the shows at this moment. Um, it was really nice to get to talk to a person for an hour, uh, given that we're all in isolation right now. I hope that you find some comfort and some joy in this episode. Uh, it was a really special one, so I think you're really going to enjoy it. If you want to support Chris, you can go follow him on social media at ochris, um, which is uh, his name. <laughs> oh, Chris. <laughs> Um, if you want to support this podcast, uh, you can, you know, like it, subscribe to it, rate it. Um, hey, you're not doing anything right now. Leave a review. We would love that. That would be great. Uh, that'll take up about, I don't know, two to five minutes of, uh, what have become very long days. So go ahead and do that for us. Um, yeah. If you want to, uh, follow me on things, you can follow me at, at Hamiltrace. I know none of us comedians are really doing anything live right now, but um, there are some shows going on online. Uh, in particular, I want to plug Comedy Bar, which is, uh, as you know from this podcast, my most favorite place in the world and a venue that is really important to me. They're streaming shows on Twitch TV uh, every night at 9 p.m., so please support them. They have a donate button as well so that you can help comedians make a very any kind of income at this point because uh, it is a, a hard time for all of us. Uh, in any case, be good to yourself more, now more than ever, uh, and please enjoy this conversation with Chris Sandiford. <clears throat> hello. Okay, hello. And uh, do, am, I, am I coming in? Yeah, I, I can hear you fine. Am I coming in uh, loud and clear? Yes, you're coming in fine. Awesome. Oh, Chris Sandiford. Yes, hello. <laughs> Tracy Hamilton. Hello. Me. Holy hell. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Um, are we rolling? Are we hot? Yeah, we're hot. <laughs> um, I hope your self-isolation is, uh, you know, not taking too much of a toll. Yeah, I hope the same for you. Uh, this might Thank be kind of so loaded much. at the moment. But uh, we usually start with an honest, how are you? So how oh, yeah. are you for real? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm losing, <laughs> how you I'm doing? Losing my, I'm losing my goddamn mind. I'm, I'm actually in Kingston, Ontario, where I'm, self, I'm self-isolating with my family. Mm -hmm. And um, in my, with, you know, with my sister and my mom and my sister's kids, um, they moved to this uh, house, this big house in the suburbs in Kingston. And I grew up in Kingston, so it's no big deal, but... I don't love 
if I come here, it's usually <laughs> for like you know the, the high holidays, Christmas, uh, uh, Yom Kippur. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'm we're usually... all familiar with the uh, the feeling of going back to your hometown. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I'm a little. Mm-hmm. You feel a bit trapped and kind of more so than you more so than usual. Yeah, there's a feeling yeah. of being trapped, but it's kind of it is nice. It is nice. Mom's making home cooked meals. I see my nieces who I don't see that often. It's not so bad. They're great. How are you? Holy hell. So where are you at your house right now? Yeah. So I'm at my house right now. Um, I'm in my office with my little dog. Uh, This is the first podcast recording that my little dog has been here for. Glad to be one of the first. Glad to be here for the first one. What's your dog name? (laughs) Evie. Evie. Like that Pokemon. Exactly, little Evie. Um, I'm doing okay. I'm uh, I'm I'm doing a lot of things. I don't know. That's, yeah. I feel like how we all probably are at the moment. It's I know, uh, I know. a lot of Hard to... mood swings, you know. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, it's really difficult. It's hard. It's easy to want to take ownership of like how it's hard on the individual, but then it's like God, it's this is the way it is for everybody. We're all comedians. And maybe some yep. more than others are like more extroverted, but still we all want to be, we all hunger for that. You know, I mean, God, I, I feel like I don't know how to do comedy anymore. I don't know who the hell I am. Um, but you know what? I mean, it's going to be like, this really like level playing field where we're all going to come out of this really rusty. <laughs> 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 yeah. We're all going to be out and it's going to be like all these like heavy hitters really kind of wobbling when on stage yep. suddenly. And I'm like, good, good. Cause I mean, at least, for the most part, a lot of us are still putting out content, and I'm not here to say that we should be doing that mm-hmm. constantly. Like, take your take your time and watch a show and get some exercise, you know, hang out with yourself, read a book. But I'm like, again, I'm like, oh, my God, I got to put out videos, else I'm going to be irrelevant, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I think um, that's, that's the thing true. that's happening for a lot of people right now, like, not just comedians, but... I don't know, people are feeling like they have to be accomplishing something with this time. Right. And I'm 100% one of them. Like, I feel like, oh, God, if I don't do anything, then that's it. Who am I? <laughs> I don't know who I am. I'm lucky that, like, at yeah. least I have this, you know? <laughs> I've, got right. this, I've got this podcast. We're finding a way to make so this have, work. <laughs> so have you been recording during – you've been recording during this, right? We were scheduled, I so, think. Originally to do one during like the two days after the WHO declared the national the emergency. Yes, so um, this is going to be the first episode released that we've done remotely. Um, oh, okay. We've been releasing Great. episodes, but most of them were recorded before all of this went down. The uh, episode that came out before this with Catherine Niker was yeah. done like the day that things started to get weird. Okay. Um, so that one was and still done in person. And here we are in here the thick of it. I don't know when this drops, but let me just say to the listener, it's one, two, one, two, two weeks and three days of like the self-isolation protocols in place. Yep. Basically. So that's like, God, I mean, we still got many weeks to go if we are yep. like Wuhan. <laughs> yep. Damn it. It could be a long May. time. We might have yeah. May. That's my. I'm crossing my fingers for May. So there you go. April showers. But you know what? <laughs> it's funny. Like we're gonna have all gone to sleep in the winter, and then we're gonna wake up in the summer. Yeah. I mean, we we completely missed spring. I mean, 
so literally, yeah, that's right. Because like the we were supposed to self isolate during this whole time. Then it yeah. became spring. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've been on my bike when I was in Toronto. Um, I'm going back to mm-hmm. Toronto in a couple of days, actually, just because I want to just break it up a little. But like where I live by myself, so there's no danger for me necessarily to contaminate anybody. I'm just like truly mm-hmm. self isolating. But um, when I'm in Toronto, I ride my bike just you know for some some exercise. So I remember on like spring, thinking, no, I don't care about the virus. I'm going to go outside and take a ride along that waterfront trail. I don't want mm-hmm. things to literally change on me here. Um, but anyway, still, it's, it's pretty rough. And uh, yeah, so I'm glad to hear your voice. And thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. This is such a, a weird time. I'm really glad to get to have a conversation with you. <laughs> yeah, it's ditto, ditto, bless. <clears throat> uh, should we get into your assignment? Yeah, let's get into it. Um, yeah, so, so uh, I gave you an assignment in the category of connection with others, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which I feel like is especially important right now. <laughs> 100. Could, could not be more important to find a way to connect with others at the moment. Um, yep. Especially because, like, we've talked about this many times on the podcast about how connection with others is supposed to be one of the like number one elements to adding to your happiness. It's uh, gratitude practice and connection with others are like the number one contributing factors to your happiness. So I feel like, right. It's extra important at this moment where we're all trapped in our homes alone um, Mm -hmm. that we (laughs) find a way to fill that need because it's a slippery slope. Um, Holy hell. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So the uh, the assignment that I gave you was that you had to reach out to somebody who uh, you are fond of and who is important to you, but that you've maybe lost touch with, haven't talked to in a while, um, and just check in with them, see how it's going. Uh, So how did that go? Okay. Well, so this was really, this is actually tough because there's a few people like this. Uh, One really comes to mind. Um, I I did the assignment. I did the assignment Mm -hmm. with somebody who... um, yeah, I've definitely, uh, you know, I've lost touch with in terms of like, so this is an old high school friend who still lives here in Kingston, who um, I think we might all have the same experience, like, um, especially us, uh, you know, these comedian types. Um, I feel like when my friends started having kids, especially friends that I was, when I was a kid with these kids, Mm -hmm. and we started growing up, and then they started having kids, I kind of like, you know, it was pretty early, this one gentleman anyway, this one friend of mine, his name is Jed, an old, old, really good friend. Um, I went to both of his weddings. Then it shout out to Jed. Um, And he, you know, started having children and uh, pretty young. So kind of that, Mm -hmm. you know, that that kind of, and maybe that's, maybe it's shitty of me and I'm happy to call myself out on it. But as soon as that happened, it was like, okay, well, you know, we're still friends. I have no ill will. But just it was less and less I would see this person, and yeah, I um, think that's natural. You know, like you know. it, it, it complicates things, and uh, they have less available time, and especially like um, for us, like I don't know if you feel this way as a comedian. I sort of feel like we're always one life stage behind everybody else. Oh my god! Like, and that's why I, I do envy. Looking back now, I'm like, or rather, looking around now, there are so many people in my life that I adore with kids. Um, and mm-hmm. especially the comedians who have kids. Like I, I look at people 
and, and it's a, it, it, not to name names, but I mean, it seems to me that it makes them a little bit more edgy. <laughs> Their comedy mm-hmm. kind of, um, for lack of a better word, improves or um, yeah. or hits another stride. Kind of, you know, there's wind in their sails suddenly. Now there's like, look, I got this. As if to say, look, I got this kid. This has to work. Slash, look at all these new insights I've learned and gained, and I've got. Mm-hmm. Not only am I like looking after myself, but I'm raising up this like institution, this family, and yeah. so there's a lot going on mentally there for them. Maybe they're not getting a lot of sleep. Maybe they're coping in other ways uh, or finding ways to cope with that. But makes them kind of operate on another level. Where I'm like, I wish I had kind of anticipated that um, with my <laughs> friends from high school who then suddenly had kids, and I was like, well. You know, I didn't write them off necessarily, but it is, again, I am trying to call myself out here. I kind of like drifted away and allowed myself to drift away because I never thought, that, you know, to even now, I mean, I'm 30, I'll be 33 in August. I don't know when this drops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'll drop before August. It'll drop before August. <laughs> even, now, even now I'm thinking like, God, I can't even picture myself having a kid. And I guess it's one of those things where it's thrust upon you. The office. Mm-hmm. The man does not seek the office. The office seeks the man, right? That's the old uh, expression of becoming pope or whatever uh, or president. Um, You know, (laughs) I'm I'm hoping that if I ever have kids, I'm, you know, it's certainly – I think – I hope it's something that I plan. But if it's not, maybe – I mean, I'm hoping that I'd rise to the challenge. All that said, so we drifted away. And I reached out. You know, I'm here in Kingston. I'm here with my family. Um, My mom – um, she came to pick me up, and I put my bike in the back of the uh, of the Kia Soul, and um, mm-hmm. I was going on like a little bike ride of um, you know the townships here in Kingston, Ontario. And I just texted my friend, "Hey, I'm in town. You know, if you ever want to get on a video chat, you know, I want to see how your family's doing." And it just so happened he gave me his address, and he's like, "Look, we're hanging out outside. If you want to come by, just we'll just stand on the we'll stand on the uh, porch, yeah. go in the backyard, hang out." If you're nearby, gave me his address. And like I had ridden, I'd been like an hour on my bike, and I'd ridden so far away. I was so close, randomly to this mm-hmm. house that I'd never been to. So it was kind of wild the assignment you gave me. I just kind of not thinking about it, not thinking about it, kind of half like, oh, I got to do this thing for this podcast, but also I do want to genuinely catch up with this person. So it really turned into a sweet gift that you kind of gave me there, because yeah, I was like, look, what's oh, going it's on? Wonderful and to he hear. Reached he reached back, he doubled down and was like, look, I dare you to come over and we'll just stand outside. Mm-hmm. And we did. We hung out till like the, like, God, I think I got there at like seven and it's still kind of cold here. So, you know, we were out outside kind of hanging out. He had pizza delivered uh, to the backyard and <laughs> we were outside just shooting it, shooting the shit till, you know, 11, 1130. Pretty wild. And we fully caught up. I saw his kids who are like, I remember when his first kid was born, she's almost she's just about in high school now which is crazy and like she couldn't have been more uh what's the word uh lovely to me in terms of you know here's this guy that she's barely seen or interacted with you know Mm -hmm. calling him uncle chris and you know it's which is insane to me because i remember when she was born brandy and um shout out to brandy shout out to brandy (laughs) So it really was touching, and she's going, and the thing, it, it was really nice because we were able to reach back into, in, back in time. I don't know that many people who went to my high school in Toronto. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> the answer is, like, very, the, I could count on 
two fingers how many people I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm only close with one of them. And that's just because we stayed in touch and we both moved to Toronto. But um, And the other is a comedian who's many, many years my, my junior. So we don't really, we know we went to the same school, but we don't really connect on that same way, on that same level. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really nice for him, for us to kind of sit down in that backyard. And even his daughter, who's now going to the, she went to, she goes to the same middle school and is on track to go to the same high school. And it was kind of fun to see who's still there catch up with what the politics are of the school yeah um, I don't know like I liked high school I know a lot of comedians like to talk about how much they didn't like it that's I feel like controversial that's Chris <laughs> that's is, highly is controversial <laughs> <laughs> is it did you like high school let me ask you no <laughs> okay okay so I, I liked like parts I of high school okay well I keep quiet on the subject because I feel like in our circle of friends, um, I know you and I aren't like in the same exact circle, but you know, we're in the same professional circle. And mm-hmm. from my experience, I feel like most people are very vocal about having hated high school or been this, like, you know, they were this, this uh, the theme sort of, sort of seems to be, they were all, you know, we were all these. Yeah. Uh, I feel like there's a, a sort of thing with comedians where we're all sort of misfits in our own way. Um, so 100%. it seems natural and that a lot that of us sort of thing. wouldn't have fit in at a, maybe right. any point, there you go. <laughs> even there now. You go. <laughs> there you go. And I certainly agree with that for me. But for me, there was a real like, that's why the movie Silver Linings Playbook really hit home. Because <laughs> there was a real like, um, I don't know what it was. I was a cartoon character. There was a real like, hey, when, when, when the chips were down. The only thing, this is a lesson that was instilled really early on. Like you gotta, you gotta pull yourself up and you gotta figure mm-hmm. out how to make the best of a bad situation, you know, as a black kid in a mostly white mm-hmm. school district. So there was a lot of that. There was a lot of like mm-hmm. ch- childish racism, which is not racism with a capital R. It's more just like, oh, this guy's really different from me. And yeah. um, there was a lot of that. To it just adds another feel- layer of distance. It adds another layer of distance, and but couple that with the fact that I was raised by cartoons and just <laughs> trying to be friends with everybody and trying to really mitigate. I learned at a young age to just mitigate that and kind of minimize, I don't know, use it even, even in a very friendly <laughs> way, kind of not seeking confrontation, but like trying to kind of, you know, hey, look, yeah, sure, I'm this way, but hey, how about that weather? And I think that's naturally how I came <laughs> But for the most part, I, like, really enjoyed my high school experience. I joined student government. Um, I was in drama and music. Oh, my God. You would, have been, you would have been excellent in student government. Oh, oh my God. I, was, I remember I was, I was head, what was it? I was the leader of all the grades <laughs> through, grade, um, through grade 11. And in grade 12, I didn't win the presidency. And that was my big, <laughs> that was my big, like, downfall. That was my big up, upset. Yeah, I am shocked. <laughs> I know this didn't is years ago. I am shocked. And the, I didn't win. It was such an upset that the uh, student bought, like the, um, who was it? The student, who was it? I guess she was a guidance counselor. Um, one of the teachers who was a guidance counselor, uh, Mrs. Bishop, she like approved the creation of the office of the vice president because apparently <laughs> even to her, <laughs> to put you even, in to her even to her, I was a shoe in, but I wasn't, I didn't win. So she was like, let's just install you as vice president. And yeah, that's uh, that's how insane <laughs> my 
I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I, for the most part, I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. I mean, look, I had a teacher in my corner to do that for me. And um, boy, hey, look, yeah, I was student government and I might be a nice guy. We were corrupt, baby. We, uh, <laughs> student corruption, it was rampant. And I was the kingpin. I remember at one point, if you were in student government, you had to work at the dances. And mm-hmm. if I worked at dance, man, so many, all my friends got in for free. They drank for free. And what is drinking? Pops, you know, soda, uh, mm-hmm. chips. They got chips for free. And I remember I was always put in charge of like promotional deals. So I remember Pizza Pizza gave us like uh, two for one coupons, buy one or well, yeah, buy one get one free coupons for kids that bought that, that paid entry to the dance. I kept so many of those in like a secret like student council room. And just gave them out to people that I knew for favors. We were, I don't know why I'm saying, I mean, when this drops, who cares? It's Frontex. Do we happen to know what the statute of limitations is on free food pizza coupons? <laughs> can, can this come back at you? <laughs> if it does, like, what is the penalty? Like, I get it. You know, I get impeached. Or, you know, I got to. No, I think, I think it's a, they have to make the punishment fit the crime. So I think it's anytime you buy a pizza, you have to pay for two pizzas. I have to pay for two slices from Pizza Pizza? Well, it's a good thing I don't yeah. buy Pizza Pizza Pizza. But, uh, <laughs> all that to say, me and Jed, we kind of just reminisced and a lot of the stuff I'd kind of forgotten. We had some great times. Like, we were insane. Um, the minute Jed got his license, we would go, oh my, it was insane. We would like car surf literally like mm-hmm. I didn't have my license and I would drive his car or his van and it had a big old sunroof it was a big old no it didn't have a sunroof it had it was a big, old like I don't know if you can picture it but it's a Chevy Lumina which is like an okay. old van with like a triangular I, I'll send you a photo and it was yes, like kids like set like climbing out the door onto the roof of it we found like a country oh road God. just outside of town that we could just drive up and down and like car surf and each of us swapping driving with like standing up on the roof of the car and like I forgot that we did that and you know me I'm like <laughs> I guess I have this reputation now in the scene at least as far as I know I feel like I'm kind of this nice guy um, mm-hmm. nice guy doesn't bend the rules but I forgot, even I forgot about that stuff. So <laughs> There's something I'm so glad. special about talking to somebody who's, who knew you a long time ago and uh, like right. rediscovering those memories. Yeah. And we were like fearless and I, not to say that I've forgotten some of that fearlessness, but it has, you know, it does take a while for me to kind of get back to like, I really have to summon it now, you know? So mm-hmm. hearing those stories kind of makes me, you know, want to get back to that, not in like an irresponsible way, but in like to kind of use it to my advantage now. Um, yeah, you know, an, we, an adult form with... of fearlessness. Right, exactly. That's more, a little bit more responsible, but also, you know, recklessness to a point of like, you know, look, what are the stakes here? Um, wow. and don't take it too seriously. I mean, in our line of work, what, I mean, what are the risks? You know, an audience might find you silly or stupid. And to me, that's like, holy hell, I don't even care. That's the least of my worries. Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> like, there really are no nice... real consequences. So, holy hell, it was a really nice time to kind of get to, to get in touch. Now, I do want to call myself out on another thing. There's another friend who fits the bill precisely in terms of this assignment that you gave me. Mm-hmm. And I totally chickened out. And because I have shame, I have shame over this. Ooh, tell me about it. Feel, 
So I do feel bad, but I do think I still have to talk about it because um, Jed is one of them. Um, but Jed is still somebody who will text me, you know, once or twice a year at like, again, the mm-hmm. high holidays or some weird thing has happened or he'll tell me some, you know, we're not over the years we've kind of lost touch, but, you know, he's still somebody that I am aware of and see on Facebook mm-hmm. or social media and he'll text me. We have each other's number. There's an other, there's an older friend, an even older friend that I've had. I would even have called him a best friend um, back I would have met him, you know, in kindergarten. His name is Brendan. And we were, holy mm-hmm. hell, yeah, b- b- you know, bosom buddies, like, truly, like, thick as thieves, best Yeah, best like, the way, that, the way that you're friends at that time is, is way, so Exactly. Easy. Oh, yeah. Sleeping over. It's full-on inside mm-hmm. jokes, like, to the point where you don't even, before you even knew what an inside joke was, it's like, why doesn't everyone have this? Um, yeah. And I thought, you know, and maybe for this assignment, as soon as you gave it to me, I really kind of sat down and I, I think I sat down for like 15 minutes just staring blankly when I read the message because I was like, I ha- it has to be Brendan. It has to be this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just lost. This was like even more. It was kind of, again, the same deal as Jed. He kind of had a kid. But even before that, we just kind of drifted off. I went off to university. He stayed here. And we just kind of started drifting apart. Like literally we were, we'd hang out toward the end of our friendship. We kind of just, I felt anyway, I don't know if he felt it, but I felt, Oh yeah, we're becoming two very different people. And that's mm-hmm. how I rationalize it. I think um, I'm not here to say that I'm wrong, but I am here to say that I really should have given him more of a fair shake. Like there was one day, I remember the day. Um, well, I remember the moment, not necessarily the day. I remember I was in second year university and a call came through. It was him. And I just didn't answer it. I was like, I didn't feel like talking to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't like, it wasn't anything. It wasn't from a specific thing. It was just literally, I was, I remember I was busy. Um, I, and I never turned this guy's call down ordinarily, but yeah. this was a time when I kind of learned to do that. I was like, ah, I'm busy. I'm, I'm bigger than this call right now which that I have such shame over. And then years have gone mm-hmm. by and it's like, that's been it. And I've since learned that he's had his a kid. He's uh, maybe two now. And I think he got married. I know my sister went to the wedding. Um, like, like our families were close too. So I feel like, I mean, it's crazy, Tracy. It's like, yeah. I'm like, I have such shame about it. And again, so when you gave, when you handed down this assignment, I thought I have to, this is the one I have to figure out. But you know what it is, too? It's a fear of reaching out and learning that he, you know, has also moved on or is not. And I wouldn't blame him for it. But there is, like, I'd say that's my biggest fear that exists right now. Um, yeah. Like, uh, you know, I ride my bike in the streets of uh, Toronto, <laughs> you know, and I'm crazy with it. But physical fears don't necessarily scare me this much. This is like no, I completely understand that. I reach out to this guy, even if he answers, I'm afraid to be like, well, what do I say? You know, do I? How do I explain myself? And I Mm -hmm. guess the answer is, I don't explain myself. I just am like, because on the face of it, I just kind of stopped wanting to be friends with him. Um, And but if I'm being honest, it's not even like I didn't want to be friends. It's more like. I don't even know how to give voice to it, honestly. This is something that mm-hmm. has been long brewing, and the longer I wait, I guess the harder it becomes. Um, even in Halifax. I have one of those Halifax. friends. Really? Yeah, go on. Tell me about it. Mm-hmm. 
please. No, go finish your thing. I'll, I'll come back to my friend. Um, well, it's almost done. I was I went out to Halifax and um, I was at a bar. I forget why I was in Halifax. It was either it was for some show for some, for some show. It wasn't 22 minutes, but it was something. Oh, it was for no, it was for 22 minutes. Um, sorry, I love to shoehorn that in. Um, I was only there for a week. I was there for a week and I was very bad at it. And um, I was very bad at it, but also I didn't like it. Anyway, um, I was there for a week and a half or so. And um, then they went on hiatus and I never came back. But while I was there, I had a blast hanging out with the writers and doing shows with them. Um, and, at, and on one such occasion, we went to a place called, oh, hell, what was this place, what was this place called? Oh man, I don't remember that was oh, but they sold like really cheap strong beer. For like 3.75 you got the strongest most crazy beer. Oh my god, it was great. Um and underground under downstairs they had like a a, a venue, like a dance venue, show venue, kind of everything. Mm-hmm. And um I was at the bar and it was packed with college kids. Um I forget it's like a university town. And this kid like eight eight feet tall, kind of ginger kid. Um, I, I I know I, I know we can't say that, but I don't mean that derogatory. I don't mean that pejoratively. Uh, yeah. Kind of reddish, uh, reddish hair. He says to me, "Hey, Chris," and I'm like, "Who the hell is this kid?" Um, and he's like, "Do you know who I am?" And I'm like, "I've no, I don't recognize him even the, in the least bit." Um, it was his. It was my friend Brendan's younger brother Connor, who uh, I oh, obviously man. I knew because because we had gone back. I mean, I know I knew his family. And he mm-hmm. recognized me. This is like, this is exactly actually a year ago. I was there a year ago, February. So yeah, a little over a year ago now. And um, he, we, we chatted easily. And I mean, obviously we weren't like, I wasn't friends with because of him, but it's, you know, we, yeah. I knew him because he was the Brendan's brother. He, and I told him basically what I've told you, uh, you know, truncating the story. I was like, look, Connor, I have such shame and guilt over kind of losing touch with your brother how did what's going on and he says he said to me even he gave me I, I not to say that I didn't believe it but I don't know why I didn't act on it but he said look you know his number is the same if you can find it I won't give it to you if you can find it his number is the same and I'll just leave it at that and I'm like okay yeah. all right and I didn't <laughs> act on it I just felt shame for a week and then kind of got back to my got back to me so man, it's this is a it's a wild one this one, and I don't know at all how to proceed, except for yeah, kind of ignore it, and uh, you know maybe when the world wants us to see each other that'll happen, but man, it's like this is like a scar that's like scabbing and scabbing, and I don't know exactly how to take care of it. I think you gotta reach out, man. You gotta reach out. You think out. I gotta reach out? You think I gotta? Yeah, reach you gotta out. call Brendan. Oh, Let's get him on the line right now. You wanna get no. him on the line? God, I don't even know what his number would be. He said he had the same number, but it's been years, so I don't even know how I would mm-hmm. find it. Man, you gotta reach out. Oh man. I and again, I wanted to reach out, especially now that you've given me this, that you gave me this assignment. But it was like, imagine he didn't. Imagine I couldn't. And imagine I tried and that was it. I guess that'd be a story yeah. too for the podcast, you know, how I, how it didn't work out. But, you know, uh, eh, man, I was uh, not ready to get that raw, you know, if that was the I understand. Um, yeah. I, but yeah, I have one of these friends who I have like 
such feelings of shame about and it, it was so long ago <laughs> and like when i think about it it still like gives me shivers like really so mm-hmm. so did you have that thing where like you guys were just growing apart or what like i no it was worse than that talk about oh so was there a betrayal um sort of it was like a mixture of growing apart and me purposefully pushing her away okay and it yeah mm-hmm. and like wow. oh like it makes me like well, ugh, it makes my throat tight like just thinking about it and i'm 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 right there with you i have a question though regarding that do you feel like yeah. There might be a, I mean, again, I, I hate to, I hate for this to feel like rationalizing, but, you know, the heart wants what it wants. And if it doesn't want a friendship, whether or not you're like consciously aware of it, maybe it's fine that you did that, you know, you want to keep people in your life that are, and, and this makes me feel shitty for saying, you know, because not like this person was like bad to me because he never was. His family was great to me. He was great to me. Um, it was just literally, and I, I could go, say for going into nuances <laughs> of like, personalities and friends and stuff I mean I can't get into that because it's just that at that point it's like you know that's like attorney client privilege you know mm-hmm. I, I I feel like you want to keep people in your life that are that you want to keep and yes and I feel like you don't want to this is true and the, like there's something very valid about like people are in your life for a time and then they move out of your life and that's okay and it's right. not like you have to actively hold on to every person who has ever been special to you. And I don't feel like it makes somebody less special to you that you grew apart and went in different directions. Right. Right. Um, I I definitely think there's something to that. I think like, um, yeah, That's, so. I my, want to say the wording there. The wording of that is so good. Oh, like, I like you. that a lot. <laughs> doesn't necessarily mean that they weren't special to you when they once they no. stopped being special it, or right, even that they aren't currently special to you right like right. somebody can still right. be a, like a special person who still holds special real estate in your heart um but you don't talk to them anymore and that's just for life reasons i don't think there's any like you don't have to put judgment on yourself for that kind of thing i think that's just something that is natural and there's something kind of beautiful about that like i don't know everything is temporary Mm. right like life is temporary right Um, and it like the same way that you can look at it like uh your existence like this might be a little bit out there but i'm gonna go here uh your existence your life is a temporary blip in the history of our universe and planet right right um but the fact that you're only here for a little bit doesn't make your existence any less special and doesn't make right. your contribution to everything that comes after you any less special. Oh man. And if you want to get metaphysical, I'm ready, man. That is, uh, <laughs> that's something I should you know, I'm here. That's, that's one of the guiding, you touch on something that's like one of the guiding principles of my whole life. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to be one of the truths of all of us is that we're here for a very limited time on the grand scheme of things. So much so that it might not even be consequential, you know, some of the mm-hmm. greatest moments of our lives, you know. Um, so to that end, it's so much easier for me to take my mistakes and live with them and learn from them 
And yeah, and, and by the same token, it doesn't make, you know, I am here and all I have is what I know to me and what is known to me. So, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, we're here for a blip, but that blip to me is infinitely long or, you know, however many years it ends up being. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't, it shouldn't be just nothing. I know that I'll be dead in the cold ground. I'm not going to spend my life, therefore, being scared of you know reaching out to this friend of mine yeah I guess I've answered my question I should I should reach out but that has been a guiding principle of my my life I would say a philosophy is you know it's pretty simple but it's just you know look I'm gonna not be here at some point I gotta do all the stuff I want to do for Um, sure so and uh, like I I think of that as like uh oh I read this I read this thing (laughs) it really blew my mind the other day um, about how, like, when people travel back in time, like in movies and things like that. I was like, for um, real? Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, not for real. <laughs> but when people travel back in time, they're so worried that every little thing that they do is going to have some major impact on the future slash present, right? right? Um, right. But people don't look Absolutely. at their day-to-day present life like that, where, like, every little thing that you do might have some big like result in the future right right. uh so you should be living yeah that like it's a everything that you do is potentially very consequential right right okay okay sorry yeah you're absolutely right for a moment i was like wait a minute are we going back in time here no no that's not the point the point is the present is also the future's past exactly anything we do now can spiral off into any crazy amount of yeah, we'll compound yeah. and create other uh, scenarios and other kind of futures that, you know, are exactly so true. And I don't, I've never thought about it that way because there is kind of a lackadaisical kind of like, well, I'm in the river and I'm being carried around, mm-hmm. along by the current of time and there's nothing I can do. But no, just imagine that you've gone back in time and now you're walking on eggshells. Well, why not walk on eggshells? Exactly. Well, not walk on eggshells, but you know what I mean. But, yeah. you know, like know that everything that, that you do like is important in its own way even if it's not important now it might have like a domino effect and be important later there's this thing that i think about all the time i don't this is a this is a weird poll but do you mm-hmm. remember the very briefly lived show joan of arcadia <laughs> <laughs> i mean i remember I, I knew of it that's one of those shows that when i was home it was on the pre channel that showed the <laughs> listings I would avoid because I didn't care to know what it was. <laughs> I was like, that's a note, very clever excellent. title for a history person. Excellent, excellent program. Excellent program. Oh, yes. It was, is that it was what it was good. about? I'm looking it up. It was, a, it was about a teenage girl who talks to God. So God, like, oh, appears okay. in the forms of various people and, like, tells her to do things that seem inconsequential in the moment and then have big results later in the episode. So uh, he'll yeah, so he'll tell her, like, uh, I want you to build a boat, uh, you know, like, just work on, like, a little boat, build a canoe. And she's like, no. Okay. Uh, but then when she does it, it has, like, big effects later. Or, like, hey, I want you to join the volleyball team. Right, and the, so Whoa. she joins the volleyball team, and then it ends up having big effects later. So there's this one thing from that show that I come back to so often, <laughs> like way more often than I should be coming back to something um, uh, from a, a television show. 
<laughs> from 2003 that only <laughs> went on for two seasons. Uh, Fun fact: like, um, uh, that show's time slot was that time uh, slot was replaced by a show with Jennifer Garner where she talks to ghosts. It was the same show, uh, but <laughs> Jennifer <laughs> Garner talks. Sure, right. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so <laughs> what is it? so like on this one. <laughs> Talking to God, talking to talking to spirits. <laughs> yep. Talking to animals. So on this one episode of Joan of Arcadia, um, they talk about how like if you if you threw a bunch of pebbles in a lake, like a, in a bunch mm-hmm. of still water, if you threw a bunch of pebbles in a still lake, uh, each pebble would make like a little concentric circles of ripples that would come out from that uh-huh. one little rock that you threw in, right? Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, since I you've thrown them. in a bunch of them. All of the ripples from all of those little pebbles will touch the ripples coming from the other pebbles and right. change the way that those ripples move, right? Right. Um, so it's like everything is all feeding off of each other and we all influence how everything right. else goes. So it was wow. about like having good too. ripples. That's like, a really good analogy because it is hard to imagine that right? sort of thing, uh, physical. Man, physical. Every, everybody I go like back and watch Joan of Arcadia. <laughs> <laughs> Did they use that as an analogy in the show? Damn, yeah. Like that. That's like Star Trek level analogizing. Yeah, right? I love oh, man. whenever – and I, it's, it's, those are the types of things that I remember and steal. And like to the point yes. where – like just for my daily life where I'm like, hey, you know, I heard this, you know, we – Picture this, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a tree falling in the woods, you know, does it make a sound? Um, yeah, I, I, I think that. about it all the time, about, like, trying to have good ripples. So, like, <laughs> I I think of it like like every little thing that you do is touching every other little thing that everybody else does. So right. things, like, things like you smiling at a stranger, like right. you don't know where that took them in their life. Oh my God. Somebody One smiled time, at them. Oh my God. You have no idea how much, I mean, I'm so, I'm a crazy person. So I really do appreciate, I will never ever tell anyone to smile, but I do appreciate eye contact and a smile mm-hmm. from someone. It's like so crazy how much that, <laughs> uh, I won't want to say it means to me, but how much that picks me up or makes me go, hell yeah, you smiled at me. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, to the point where one time, <laughs> One time I was uh, I coughed just from coughing, not from sickness. It's okay. It's um, okay. <laughs> I, I uh, I'm asymptomatic. Um, I, it's okay. We're all listening to this from a safe distance. This is uh, everyone stand two meters back from your earphones, from your podcast, <laughs> from where you get your podcast. I was walking down the street. This isn't back in Montreal. I was um, I was headed to a gig. I remember walking up my bike, and I was walking down the street to the gig, and um, a lady was walking towards me obviously going elsewhere um we were crossing paths or we were crossing and right at the moment as we were crossing i didn't i didn't realize this when she was far away but as she neared and only later did i realize did she have like earbuds in but mm-hmm. i guess she had been listening to somebody on a phone conversation the whole time she approached and then um seemingly to me said i love you and oh. <laughs> as we crossed she like we so she crossed so now she's behind me so she has mm-hmm. she had no idea that like I, when I heard that I fully stopped and almost almost fell over Tracy yeah almost like doubled over being like oh my god that was uh, that was a lot and mm-hmm. I loved it. it was like uh, not in like a psycho crazy way but it was like really lovely 
It was like this it was like stranger telling me that they loved me, and even though truly it, it was like those four seconds of me going, <gasps> you know, yeah. felt like a lifetime. And then every second afterward, I'm like, oh no, she had her headphones in, she was talking to somebody, and she, you know, it was just so it was truly insane mm-hmm. because I guess whoever was on the other end was saying a lot because. She, Truly, we were approaching. It was like twelve seconds. Yeah, and she was now. quiet the whole time, which and means she was listening. Quiet the whole time, which means exactly. And so to me, it was oh my god, what a those four those that moment was such a wonderful gift. Yeah. <laughs> that what a mistake, you know, a glitch in the matrix caused that, mm-hmm. and it really showed me. I don't exactly know the lessons I get, I get I got from it. I guess it's just that you know. I don't mind getting a, I don't mind having eye contact from strangers or a nod and an acknowledgement or, or something. I try to give mm-hmm. it when I can. If I'm, you know, if I'm a little high, it's hard to do, you know, it's hard to look people yeah, in the eye. I always try to wear sunglasses, but um, it's kind of nice. Good ripples. That See, that was yes. a good ripple. <laughs> good, that's a good ripple. That good ripples. Nice I feel ripple. like that's especially important right now. Like the little things like that, like the, times during this whole thing that I've, you know, like oh, gone yeah. to the grocery store or something like that. Every, that air around everyone is just so somber and yes. everyone's yeah. so panicked and so stressed and yeah. uh, like just smiling um, at like the cashier who's ringing you up and yeah. saying like I went to the grocery That's store and like uh, it was the 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 look on this cashier's face of just like clearly this has been so taxing on them and uh right. like i'm just checking out my groceries and like i can't do very much for that person's day in this limited time but i smiled and i was friendly and i said i hope people are being kind to you today whoa you know very nice very and nice. uh and it like it it just it changes the energy a little right. bit and that, you, like we can only do so much right now that's what you said to her. You said her, him or her. You said, I hope people are being kind to you today. You said that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I never would have thought, because don't get me wrong, I'm doing more of, um, I'm certainly like being friendly with people like that on the front lines. Mm-hmm. Again, like you said, the grocery stores at the grocery store like two weeks ago in Parkdale and gathered yeah, like they've got a security guy now because they can only let exactly. so many people in the store. Mm-hmm. And here I am at the front of the queue and the guy's like, man, he's making very friendly conversation. And ordinarily I'm very like, um, especially in public where straight with perfect strangers, I tend to go uh, inward because I, it's the only time I can. Cause if I'm at comedy yeah, bar you're, or anywhere else. Yeah. You're so outward so much of the time. Right. Yeah. So much of the time. It's nice to go. Oh, which is why I love the gym too. Nobody knows who I, nobody cares that it's me at the gym but then i see yeah, nobody has expectations ever... of your personality right um oh my god yeah. i got my contact in often a hat on i walk in there with sunglasses no one's looking at me no one cares i don't have to be at mm-hmm. on um so in public i'm generally pretty off and same at the grocery store because it is a chore um mm-hmm. and this guy he's making conversation he's kind of you know he's talking about the virus by the way we haven't said the name of the thing all podcasts which i'm so happy about <laughs> um so i'm gonna hope we don't say the name um so that when people listen to this in however many years they're like oh which one was that that went around is that the spanish flu is that the okay good um <laughs> but there is more of like an outgoing at that point like i'm trying to be a little bit i'm trying to change gears now and trying to be a little bit more 
because these guys are on the front lines and this is something I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've, I, I certainly appreciate. Like I've, I've, I've actually thought of getting a job at the pro at the, either the Metro or the Fresh Co or the, Mm-hmm. Uh, no frills during this time just because well there's no money coming in and um yeah. i thought you know I, maybe i'll get a job at one of these places where you know i feel like i'm healthy and i practice good hand hygiene and i think i'd be good mm-hmm. at doing that and working these hours um and and just the energy of it and have breaking up my day because i'm so sick of just being at home um yes yeah. all save for that i have been a little bit more uh, what's the word and friendly to my to my my group my grocer my grocers because yeah. these guys are like holy hell they're heroes um and they I'm are heroes i mean just not to say that i wasn't friendly with them before i certainly i just wasn't like i was your run-of-the-mill guy in out you yeah. know a hello a thank you're just you. paying paying I'm more gone. attention now I'm paying more attention now. I'm looking at people's eyes. I'm looking at their eyes now. I'm like mm-hmm. seeing how they're doing. It's 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 getting nuts. And you're right because I do. You're right to say everyone's energy is kind of somber. Even walking down the street, I'm like I'm still kind of like walking down. When I'm walking down the street somewhere, I I I feel like I carry the weight of the virus on me in terms of like I cannot give out any inform. I cannot put any. I can't telegraph anything about yeah. me to anybody because I don't want anyone to stop and talk to me or come close to me or uh, so I'm, I try to mm-hmm. appear as you know cool and by cool I mean that in the pejorative kind of like the way H.G. Wells described the aliens in the world of worlds cool yeah. kind of like very distant and well, I'm I feel like it's thing. like we're all when right now like when we're walking through the world we're all walking as if we're walking through a bad neighborhood in the middle of the night. Yeah, exactly. A bad neighborhood. Um, I'm looking, I'm, I am looking over my shoulder because I don't want to be plugged. Like literally, like I've noticed that if I'm walking through like down the street and there, I come on two people walking, I don't do the thing that I normally do where I try to circumvent them. I just keep my distance now just because of the whole <laughs> thing. Um, whereas I don't know if I'm holding people up. So now I'm kind of looking, I'm more aware of everyone around me now. And I'm trying yeah. to be a little bit more, uh, it's exhausting, but I'm trying to be a little bit more open. It is exhausting. And, I, it, and while it is exhausting, it's also like nourishing too. It's like, oh, well, I did do that. And I, it breaks up your day and it breaks up the the thoughts in your head. And I feel like, like there is, there is weirdly like a, a, sense of community forming Mm -hmm. that I see where it's sort of like, uh, you know, like you, we live in Toronto. It's a busy city. We walk down the street, we pass like hundreds of people on a walk. You could pass hundreds of people. Right. right? And you don't know what's going on in all of those people's days. Like, like you're probably walking by somebody at some point who's like having a really shit day, you know? And now it's kind of like, we're all having the same shit day. Right. Right, uh, and you know exactly almost like what's going on in the heads yeah. of all of the people that you're passing, and so it gives Quite us this wild. kind of sense of like we're all having the same experience all at the same time, and like obviously uh, that's a great simplification. Like we're all experiencing very different consequences of this whole thing, and oh, yeah, yeah, everybody's yeah, experience of this is very individual. I think that goes without saying, but. Uh, there is this sort of sense of like we're all going through the same time together and 
uh, it makes you feel weirdly though we're six feet apart makes you feel a little closer to everyone <laughs> weirdly huh weirdly I mean even when I pass yeah. people in the street for the most part I want to say 90% of the times if they're talking to one another if it's like I pass a group of people or two people they're talking about the virus or something yes, they learned about it or a thing that happened or how they wash their hands more or something yeah. about it where it's like that's never happened. I don't think I'm trying to yeah. think mean Lee Cameron, who I don't know, she's my neighbor, but she's also an improviser, a stellar Toronto improviser. And she's my neighbor. And we were talking about how it's like not since nine eleven, I don't think. And I was in grade nine when nine yeah. eleven happened. It's not like I was like walking down the streets of Kingston, Ontario being like Hello there, sir. What do you think about the how a one came down a little quick, don't you think? It's not like that necessarily, but it was like on everyone's minds for a while. Not since then, I yes. don't think there have been such a kind of and now it's global. It's like times mm -hmm. a million. It's the whole um, world. Pretty, which is pretty wild that everyone's kind of talking about the same thing. Um you know, I heard <laughs> Um, now I'm like I'm I'm, I'm biting uh, Gavin Matz now. I was watching. Um, I only met him. Uh, I think I met I met him in L.A. for the first time only like recently. I was there like a, a month ago, which is wild, by the way, that I was in the states yeah. a month ago. <laughs> given now that this has happened, um, mm -hmm. but he was saying about the virus that like, and then since meeting him, I've been like watching. I think I was watching a live one of these. One of these endless live streams that people are putting out. Um, <laughs> and I think it was him and Rosebud Baker. And I think he said something that really stuck with me about how <laughs> this is all over and comedians go back to doing their comedy. Um, he he thinks it's going to be funny and wild to him if comics just go back to doing just their act, like nothing yeah. happens. And I never thought that, I think I have more, I think I have more faith in us in us in you know most of us anyway that i think that's going to be all we're going to talk about is the goddamn you know top i, I know yeah. but I, I feel really like weird about that like i feel like when we do come out of all of this like it'll probably be months from now right before we're having like live comedy shows and mm. i feel like if i were an audience member i would have spent the last however many months like we said, everybody's conversations are all about this. So you would have spent the last months and months talking only about this. I would right. love, love to hear somebody talk about anything else. <laughs> anything else. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, and that's another thing. And I think that's valid as well. Um, so I can't wait now. Just all that to say, I can't wait to see what people talk about. Um, I'm so curious. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong, I want to hear stories. I do want to hear people's stories from the time. I guess, there's, you know, there's mm -hmm. going to be, there's bound to be some very unique happenings, uh, you know, even though this is a uniting kind of crisis, you know, um, that the, the, if not the defining crisis of our generation. Um, yeah. I'm sure, you know, just like there is World War II stories that are pretty crazy and unique, I'm sure there's like, hundreds of World War II stories, thousands of them, you know, that are the same. But uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be pretty wild. And all that to say, yeah, me and Jed, we sat down and, like, it it was great to forget. Like you said, it was, like, the few mm -hmm. hours we were together, it's, I forgot about the virus, aside from the fact that we were outside for most of it. Yeah. And didn't shake our, didn't shake hands or anything. Um, 
And, you know, aside from that, it was like, and those are so precious. Just being able to go somewhere, um, and I know within reason, I know there's like restrictions, but mm-hmm. being able to sit down with somebody or just forget about the thing for a few hours, given now that it's going to be months and months. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Oh, I know I can't I'm stop so glad. about it. I'm so <laughs> glad that that went well. Yeah, I really hope I'm that glad. you reach out to Brendan. <laughs> I hope I do too, you know. The answer, I will say this, I hope I do. I want to. It's just the fear right now and the shame is like so crippling and so, and I don't feel, I don't, it's never been, the levels have never been this high uh, for me in terms of, you know, uh, not acting on a thing that I know I should do. Um, For the most part, I do do the thing, you know, you got to eat your vegetables, you know, you got to go do the thing, you got to go write a test, you got to go, go to the gym, you got to do a thing, you got to do that hard thing. But this one is like, and it's loaded and it's complicated and uh, yeah, it all equals. A if lot you of do, if you questions. do reach out to Brendan, we'll have to have you on for a follow up and find out how it went. Oh my god! If you do, uh, if you do. I, and you know what? You're on. If that happens, absolutely. And I want to be clear: <laughs> I'm not going to do it just so I can come back on because I love no. the podcast. No, 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 of course. But, uh, <laughs> I would absolutely love to follow up because I would need someone to kind of hear. <laughs> I would need someone to hear me out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we end by me giving the guest a genuine compliment. Oh, okay. I'm, I, I need one. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> well, not good that you um, need one, but, you know, good that you're open to it. <laughs> I'd love one. I'd love one. How about that? <laughs> um, I think you're just delightful. Like, you're just a a sunshine person, you know? Oh, bless your heart. Um, like, no, I, uh, you. I know I j- yeah, you just, I you just add add light to every room that you're in and uh, like like we were saying about like uh small things like changing the energy in the room i feel like you do mm-hmm. that pretty actively like uh I really that you are appreciate a- that. actively contributing to uh, like a change in energy in a positive way in every room that you're in like yeah i don't know you're like a you're like if an ice cream sundae was a person <laughs> I'm sweet and a bit nutty, and uh, yeah, I'll take that's right. And I know I appreciate that. And I'll I'll tell you this too. I really appreciate that because that is kind of one of my um, it's sort of one of my mission statements. Not to say that I'm like trying hard. Um, mm-hmm. Not to say that I'm going out there being okay. How do I do this? How do I do this? But literally, if I go into a room and there's something missing or, and not to say that I'm always the answer because God knows I'm not always the answer, but especially a show, let's say there's a show and it's a bit weird. I try to say to myself, what is not here? And hopefully I can be that thing and not step on anyone's toes and hopefully be a force for change in a good way. And if not, then, then not, then it doesn't happen. And I still sleep easy. But, uh, yeah, I appreciate that. That is a bit of a mission statement for me. So, I, yeah, thank you so much. Uh, you're well, mission well. accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. And thanks for having me. It feels like we're winding down. So this is, uh, yeah, I really needed that uh, that push to kind of be like, you know what, I know there's a pandemic, but I got to go sit six feet away from my friend. And uh, I'm and glad. Yeah. I'm happy you did that. And I'm happy uh, I Thank did you so both. much for being on today, Chris. 
Thank you very much for having me. And uh, yeah, get yourself through this. Uh, learn a new skill. Yep. I think I'm going to learn. Someone just t- told me I should learn to pop, pop and lock. Pop and lock. Oh, you totally should. And because it's one of the things I've always wanted to do. These guys on Instagram, they're so good. And now I'm like, well, okay, I guess I got a couple months to learn how to do this. So. <laughs> Everybody's going to come out of this video. with a new skill. A lot of people with are going to be runners. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are yeah. going to learn to knit. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to learn to pop, lock, lock, and drop it, if I can say it. Yeah, that's right. Once I can say it, I'll learn how to say it first. How about that? And then I'll learn how to do yeah. it. <laughs> and, uh, hey, listeners, go be nice to yourself and be nice <laughs> to your grocer as well. And remember that love is everywhere. Love is everywhere. <laughs>